Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, hola, hola. I am Dan Day. I'd like to thank the good people at Funky Buddha Brewing for hosting a Florida Panthers watch party with us last night. Ha oh, ha so good. Food and drinks. Crowder and I, we shut the place down. So once again, thanks to Funky Buddha Brewing. It's a great place to be in the weekend. We're going to get into some weekend fun, but first, we got business to attend to. Going to be hearing from the Joe Rose Show, Dan Lebitard, and Stephen A. Smith. But right now, let's hear some headlines. The Seahawks defeated the Rams 30-29 last night. The Dolphins have off this week. Then next Sunday, take on Washington here in Miami. Tonight, in the college ranks, UCF plays Cincinnati at 8. Then New Mexico versus San Jose State at 10. Tomorrow, it's the U and Virginia Tech at 3.30. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. The MLB playoffs continue today. Houston has defeated Tampa 6-2. St. Louis is losing to Atlanta 1-0 in the fifth. Later tonight, it's the Twins and Yankees, along with the Nats and Dodgers. The Panthers opened NHL play last night, losing 5-2 to the Lightning. The two play again tomorrow, 7 p.m. at the BB&T Center. NBA preseason has begun. Indiana defeated Sacramento 132-131 earlier today. The Heat opened preseason play Tuesday against the Spurs in Miami. The U.S. women's national team downed South Korea 2-0 last night. That was the second-to-last game for Coach Jill Ellis. In MLS action, Sunday is decision day with all teams playing and playoff positioning on the line. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. The new sweet treat in Ecuador is guinea pig. That's right, guinea pig ice cream is all the rage in the South American country. Now, I'm all for adventure eating, but count me out. Canadian police had to rescue a skunk who was trapped in a plastic bottle. That's nature's way of saying, smell your own. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is a low chance of rain with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long, and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. This morning, the Joe Rose Show finished out the week strong, talking to the University of Miami's athletic director, Blake James, about some things that are going on in the college world, like fair pay to play, redshirting, and, of course, the transfer portal. We're going to bring on Blake James right now, athletic director at the University of Miami. Blake, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. I, I know you're fired up to get these ACC games going, uh, starting with Virginia Tech tomorrow and uh, and see how everything goes. And We'll talk about that later, but Blake, we'll get into the, the big topic, what happened out in California, Fair Pay to Play Act. I know you've been asked by a lot of people what your thoughts are with, with everything uh, and, and finding something with the NCAA that can work for everybody. Uh, what are your thoughts early on as you've had a chance, I'm sure, to think about every possible avenue of this thing? Well, 
I think I would touch on a couple things, Joe. One you just said is, is how do we find something that works for everybody? And, and the other is, I think, which is probably the idea behind it is, how do we get, continue to get the kids more money? And, you know, that's what this uh, law does it, I think, at, at its core. And uh, I think as an association, we have to obviously recognize that's uh, the, what's been put in place in California. And since then, the trickle down has been to a number of different states. I'm not sure how many it is today, but I know that number will expand. Uh, but bottom line, we'll have to figure out a way to make it work where we can keep uh, competitive balance, yet at the same time, continue to do what we can to uh, uh, get more money in these uh, in these kids' pockets. I, I was just thinking, I, I've already started thinking, especially for UM of, of the alumni who own car dealerships or, or as you know, all the different businesses, you deal with, with all of of them that uh, that basically give them appearances and and all that stuff. It's not going to be for everybody. They're going to want to get the best people, especially if they're doing something for them, so it works for them. And then the bigger one that I, I've been thinking about is basketball and especially shoe companies. What's to stop Adidas from taking your best player and doing commercials with them or or something like that? I you know and and, and you know shoe companies right now and and basketball programs are not exactly a love affair with some. Of the characters working for him. So I, I'm just curious your thoughts on those two things. Again, I guess to try to answer your question, Joe, in regards to the, the shoe companies and what might happen, I, I think there's a there's a lot of unintended consequences, I right. think, that we're going to have to work through as an association to highlight the shoe company one. As it is in the, the California law, the benefit, I think, that some of the schools were able to communicate out there is we can't have conflicting. And so while you cited Adidas and we're an Adidas school, there wouldn't be, uh, there wouldn't be an issue of a Nike signing one of our, our basketball or football players. Again, if the law Ooh. in nationally goes the same as the California law, and I think that's one of the big unknowns right now and something I think we have to really work at is to make sure there's uniformity in what we're talking about because if we have different rules in different states and all sorts of things, it's going to create all sorts of chaos. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, just bill that was signed out there and just not knowing fully all the details. Is this is this something that you know each, each conference will, will be able to, to look at as a conference? I mean, could this be the end of, of all the big conferences in the NCAA if, if everyone can't agree on this? Like, I'm so worried that like something might happen from this, where all of a sudden the SEC or ACC Oh, they're going to get Ten- together, right, yeah, Blake? Like, Everybody's like going to be on the same yeah. page, right? Yeah. Again, I think I think at the end of the day, everyone will will get together. And, and as I said at the start, we're going to figure out a, a way to to make this work, meeting the the needs of uh, I guess the the laws. And again, that's where the I think the cha- the real challenge will come in. This is there isn't one national approach, and so if we have. 50 different approaches, right. there's going to have to be some give and take with all the different states as to how we make this work. Uh, but, uh, you know, the good, the good thing with California is it doesn't go into place until uh, yeah. January 1st of 2023, so we do have some time to work through and see what comes out of other states and uh, everything that happens on that front. Uh, obviously, it'll be it'll be different, but as I've shared with you guys before, the student-athlete experience continues to evolve. I mean, we have we have kids that right now are taking home between two to $3,000 a month in, you know, that's not <laughs> no taxes on that, and I'm sure there's, uh, you know, a lot out there that don't do that, and, and their tuition is covered. So, you know, the experience has continued to evolve. It's one that we have to continue to work on, and obviously with laws, the, the, the law that went in place in California, and I'm sure they'll go into other states, it'll continue to evolve, yeah. and, uh, and we'll work through it, and we'll still have Miami football games or basketball games 
games against you name the university as, as you right. guys said i think it'll be something where nationally we can come together i don't think this is going to be a, a breakup in california as their own schools and everyone else is playing or we have three states that are under one rule and uh, again it, it's just going to take some work all right let's get into a, a, another one for uh, part of the ncaa and and you guys is the red shirt year it's kind of meant to for young guys get a little playing time and decide whether you know get them a little something and now we got we got quarterbacks that are starting going you know our team's not very good i'm gonna go ahead and red shirt i'm talking about diary king with houston we just saw a very good linebacker with university of miami zach mcleod looks like he's gonna red shirt uh what are your thoughts on that that wasn't originally the way it was set up it's that that's not the way it was originally set up ironically the acc conference was the the conference that put this forward to the association and, and it got great support from the association and well it wasn't the the original idea the idea behind it was to give these kids a little more flexibility and uh not take away of your competition uh just because they played in in one game and give them the opportunity to get out on the field well it wasn't set up the way that i think it's it's uh been Being utilized used, by yeah. some that's that's their that's their right and uh, uh again for for us it, it's probably you, you know you reference zach uh, it's probably a benefit for for both i mean zach's not getting the same amount of playing time that uh, he has in the past and given the defensive alignment that uh, uh we've been using most games and so it gives him another year to go out and uh, uh and really have have a chance to you know play significantly more amount of plays and uh probably not the way the discussion, or not probably, wasn't the way the discussion was going when we put it in, in place, but yeah. it's, it's a, again, it's, it's further bettering the opportunity for the young people who are competing in our sports. Well, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal? Uh, we got to make some adjustments there, right? Got to... <laughs> Again, everything yeah. will continue to make adjustments. I think the, okay. the transfer portal has probably gotten a lot more credit than than what it uh, than what it deserves. But it it, it sounds good, and uh, you know something that people have gravitated towards. Again, I think as an association, they have to continue to look at what makes sense for transfers, and should we have waivers for everyone, and everyone should get to transfer one time to the point of should we just say everyone has to sit out a year? And, you know, no matter what sport you're in, I think one of the challenges we have right now is you have different rules for different sports. And so some sports can transfer and be eligible right away and others can't. And uh, I think that gets hard to defend as to why that's the rule. So I, I do think it'll continue to evolve. We, we need uniformity, just as we said with the NLI uh, laws that are going place. There needs to be uniformity. And I think uh, those are things that we'll continue to push for as, as an institution, as a conference. And, and I know the association is in line. Blake, one down and one to go, right, when it comes to ACC Network down here. Here in South Florida, it looks like AT&T U-verse has picked up ACC Network and looks like Comcast uh, is still in the mix. My dad wants to know which office he needs to go to uh, and stand there with his UM shirt to try to get the ACC Network. What do you, what do you want him to do? Uh, I'm going to get him an address because, again, when you look at Comcast now, they're the only major cable provider in the entire country that does not have the ACC Network. And so, you know, credit to the people at ESPN for getting the deals done with every other major cable provider in the country for us here in South Florida to have it now in AT&T. That's what I'm going to have at my house with the ACC network on. So it's disappointing in, Com in Comcast that they haven't uh, uh, been able to come to an agreement that for some reason works with every other cable, major cable provider in the country. Just shoot me the address. My dad's got a hey, shirt listen, on waiting. listen, they're a real good client of mine, Xfinity, here no, on the radio. They, listen, so. we love Xfinity. Well, we love Comcast. Let me try to work with them a little bit right. here and just try to try to work something while I'm <laughs> down here. My dad's got his pom-poms on, any, yeah. Hey, any, Joe, any help you can give me? Because as you said, there's a lot of people in South Florida that have Xfinity, and uh, I, I hear from them on every game that uh, they can't see about uh, why we don't have the Comcast deal in place, and I understand the frustration, and uh, uh, I would just say it's as, as frustrating 
frustrating for us. It's something that uh, uh, I'm not sure what the miss is. Again, uh, I'll say I'm I'm going to say this goes a little bit on Comcast because when every other company can figure out how to make it work, I think they need to uh, see what why they can't get it to, to work within their system. Blake, yeah. we're going to send Joe to the corporate office. My dad will take care of the local offices. We'll have it done soon. I appreciate all the <laughs> yeah. help. Yeah, way to get way to get me in the middle right, of it. By good. the way, we do need it though. It is so right. frustrating. Of course, it doesn't matter who you're playing, no. and, and you, you want to be able to see those games. By the way, uh, where are we on the the, the home and aways? Tease me a little bit. You gave me a great teaser last time. What are you working on? Well, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. I, I don't know what we've all. I don't know what we've all announced, but uh, you know we're going to have uh, some more big games. It's just we're getting out so far on the schedule now, Joe. It's. Uh, I'm having conversations with people. I just turned fifty. And I'm having conversations with people that are going to be games happening when I'm sixty-five. So, um, you know, we're we're moving it away out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to have another SEC opponent uh, that uh, we're in the process of finalizing. That will happen. Uh, that will happen soon. Um, it's one where I think we're at 26, 27 right now, and what we're looking at again, Holy maybe even smokes. 28. You're right. Uh, if, if you're my, like me, not only am I going to be done working, I'm wondering about if I'm still going to be alive. So you're right. <laughs> uh, that's way too far out. So I, I got you. Good tease, though, with the SEC. Yeah, well done stuff. there, Blake. No, well no, done. Ni- nice yeah. job for sure. Blake, thank you so much, man. We hit a lot of different things, little teasers. I know they all take uh, take a lot more time than just 10 minutes, but thanks for uh, coming on, and, and good luck with everything tomorrow. Hey, I appreciate the uh, the coverage, and I appreciate the, your, your willingness to work on Comcast for me, Joe. I know it's a, it's a big player in your uh, – salary what they write and share a little bit of that with the ACC it'd be a big plus for all of us I'm gonna gonna spray him with some cologne today he's gonna head down I love all my sponsors I'll just ask him nicely I really friggin want it I really do (laughs) so uh so our good folks from Xfinity thank you reminder you can download the podcast for the Joe Rose show and this show wherever you get your podcasts the radio.com app or you can go to our website wqam.com for absolutely free up next dan levitar and the team talking face tattoos it's the best of the joe show The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. You are listening to some Jacuzzi Boys. They're going to be playing tonight at Churchill's, and tickets will be available at the door. Jacuzzi Boys from Miami, playing at Churchill's. Oh, that's just so Miami. Somebody else that's so Miami. Dan Levitard, you can hear him on this radio station weekdays from 10 to 1. Earlier today, they were talking about how to eliminate tanking, which unfortunately has been so Miami lately. Dreaming of Daniel Jones, face tattoos, and they open up the club. Dominique, Chris, Billy, we're having a a conversation during the break about how to eliminate tanking in the NFL. And... I just kind of waltzed in and I blurted out, hey, how about a loser's bracket where all the non-playoff teams, they play a separate playoff and the best of the of the worst teams, the two best of the worst teams, they play for the number one overall pick. That would be Tua. And I was asking Dominique what kind of audience that would that get and it would get a pretty big audience, right? It would get a good audience, yes. but 
it would be some bad football because can you imagine being the quarterback on that team? Right. Like you would be turning the ball over all over the place because <laughs> you don't oh, yeah. want that team to draft. Oh yeah, I, I gotta <laughs> keep my job. But, well, I think though it's an audition because a lot of people are watching it. The NFL could make a big deal out of it. They could call it Thanksgiving or something cool. <laughs> and I think at the quarterback, you're not going to keep your job anyways, right? So you might as well show off and try to win it, and then they can cut to the coach looking frustrated every time the quarterback throws a completion. Right, because a losing team. Well, We'll have the second pick in the draft. Right. So they'll probably take a quarterback if they really want a quarterback right. anyway. Yeah, good point. What we really should do is have the people who really want this first pick, the ownership group, they have a competition for this first pick. Now, we were trying to decide because, you know, some of these guys are really old. So now we were thinking maybe each owner or ownership group picks a celebrity to compete for that team. Wow. Like the Seahawks could choose Mina. <laughs> wow. Mina could be competing. What, what kind of competition? I'm not saying they would. What kind I'm of, saying they yeah, Well, what kind of competition? We've well, got to decide. That's what I, we're, that's what the debate is. So I it think. could be something physical skills competition, but I also feel like survivor. Yes. Cause you can stretch that out for a few months or weeks. So one representative from each team, put them on an island, survivor, that's it. I feel like there's something a little bit unseemly about 32 white billionaires sending physical avatars to fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out it there. It could get dicey. Well, and Shad Khan. Um, <laughs> you always got to throw in the Shad Khan Khan. Yeah. Do you see his uh, ponytail now, by the way? What? Oh, yeah, it looks good on It him. looks really good. It's a yeah. good It's a good look. Big fan. Upgrade. Um, I thought he always had a so ponytail. So then the owners have to do it themselves. He used to kind of have a short, like a little bob right. situation. I like Dominique's idea. I like putting all the owners on an island and letting them fend for themselves. You I do. I like that. Who wins? You got Well, who's the youngest owner? I don't right. know. I don't know that youth has anything to do with it or is all that it has to do with it because you like and Survivor, don't you like group up and click? It's like a yes, lot about it's politics all about alliances. and relationships. What do you do about the Packers? Oh, wow. You what gotta, do you do there? Wow, I didn't even think about that. You gotta right. send um, that uh, like Murphy, Murphy fella. Yeah, yeah. Mark Murphy's gotta go. That Murphy fella. Yeah. So I gotta think the owners get Jerry Jones out of the paint. Poor Virginia oh, Alice right? McCaskey. I've had a few dreams I've been wanting to talk about. But there's one with involving Billy that I meant to talk about wow. for months. What? Honestly. Baby. I think I told Billy about it. The dream where I was at a party and you were making a cheese plate and it took you 45 minutes to make the cheese plate and everyone got really mad at you. Um, no, but the topical dream is the one I had last night. Wait, I have more questions about that. <laughs> what was happening? I was just making a cheese plate? What yeah. kind of cheese? This is how we went down the road at the party and why everyone was mad at you because you were like really indecisive. You kept cutting the cheese a different way. It was Who else thing. was at this party? Nobody from the show. Isn't wow. that like, whoa, what does I that just, mean? I was invited yeah. to a party. That's yeah. just, you know. I feel like it's not true in this particular case, but I had a dream about you is the ultimate let me get back in your life romantically move. Like, I, I remember getting that text you. in college so many times from somebody who I hadn't talked to in several months of the year. Like, hey, you were my dream last night. I know what that means. People tweet that at me all the time. Uh, no one is shocked that it took him 45 minutes well, for the cheese platter, right? So. This is not a good setup for what I'm about to say, because now you've imbued it with these connotations. But last night I had a dream about Daniel Jones. Whoa. And Imbue it. I was in a football state of mind coming off the game, obviously. A natural high, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, in the dream, we were at like a conference center, but football was on. A lot of people from ESPN were, were there. Right. I think everyone actually from here was there and kind of like milling about. And he was on he was on the screen and he was playing really well, but he had a face tattoo. And 
I remember turning to Mike Ryan and saying, like, what? When did Daniel Jones get a face tattoo? And Mike was like, he's always had that. <laughs> Tyson tattoo? It was kind of like the Gucci Mane ice cream cone. I don't even remember. It was like more of a tribal pattern. But oh I've had a few dreams about Jones because he's been haunting me for many obvious reasons. For right. weeks. Dominique knows I've been texting him. I've been sleepless about it. But this was uh, the first one that was kind of surreal in that way. Do we have the sound of uh, Mina's reaction? Oh, uh, we don't have to. I, no, I don't... we do have to. No, yes. we don't. No. Yes, we do. We, we will not. Talk, we are obligated. Can we talk about I will it? Not. Can we talk about what, it? What, your dream? The tattoo it. on his I face? Yes. I don't want to listen to the sound, so but I'll talk the... about it. Why, you hate the sound that makes you cringe? Or So here's the thing about the Jones thing. <laughs> Dominique was there. We yeah, can talk about there. it. We've talked about it. So I, look, he has looked a thousand times well, better. New York Giants have... That's enough. Let's go! Let's go! Daniel Jones, quarterback. Let's go! Daniel Jones. Mina Kimes, first So um I think he's looked a thousand times better than I thought. I did watch him in college. We both did, and he was not this good. I actually think last week he didn't look super great. But but I, I Dominique and I haven't gone back and forth about this. I, I actually I do I don't like that. Like I don't I think I let I, I, first of all, I didn't think about sort of the optics of it and the fact that people would think we were just kind of going after him and less after the team for making right. the pick. But also, I, I forgot, like, I'm not just with friends in my living room. Are you seeing how I am reacting to football <laughs> and stuff? Sometimes I forget, oh, right, I have to be a little bit more polished and sort of moderate. So no, the I, reaction is fantastic, I though. No, I don't like it. I, I want, don't. I'm not happy about it. I want I would do it know. differently. So, like, I'm I'm more conservative than I guess you would assume as far as like small c conservative obviously i have zero tattoo is there something that you care enough about maybe it's ice cream an ice cream cone that you would get tattooed on your face lenny's paw what hmm. i have two tattoos right and i would add the third that would be the third <laughs> on my, your face yeah well no not if, if i had to get it on my do face. it yeah, the yeah, rule yeah, is yeah. you you have to get a tattoo on your face on my temple but scaled down right yeah, not like, like full like, size feet. Yeah. My tattoo on my face would be money. I like that. Just- Dollar sign? Yeah. Cha-ching! Time for some ads! A hundy. Can I tattoo a freckle on my face? Yeah. Why would you do that, though? There's a workaround, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Stevenson have, like... You asked a question, I gave you an answer, then you had no response. I, I feel like Billy could pull off, like, a Marilyn Monroe beauty mark. Ooh. Ooh wow. <laughs> Thanks, Mina. Yes. Welcome. Bathing me with compliments today. <laughs> All right, let's open up the club. It's uh, This is how we close out the week every single week here on the show. It's assortment of sounds uh, from the week and beyond. Uh, and we close out uh, our week every week with the club. So let's do it right now, Mike. Club it! <laughs> By the way, you are one of the few people that I know. You can make any hat look good. Had it! Except that one. No, that looks good on him, man. It's a dolphin. It still looks good on him. It does look pretty good. Right? They're going to get a win, baby. Have you ever seen him win another, wear another hat? Ron McGill segment. Yeah, the Ron McGill segment. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, let's try. I mean, have you tried like a beret, like a really goofy hat to nah. test this hypothesis? I got self-respect. A kangle. A kangle. I'm not old enough yet. Dominique <laughs> knows he looked good in any hat. You don't need to try him on. He just knows. Yeah, you should make berets a thing. Like a tri-corner? When you think berets, who do you think of? You should there... be the, the, the guy with the takes who wears the beret. <laughs> I think of Colonel Troutman. Prince? 
Casso? Well, like we talked about this on a local hour that you joined us. It seems as though the get-up wardrobe, it's a it's a bigger sandbox for you to play with. So show up. I mean, Ryan Clark wore that really poofy bow tie. Oh. I feel like you could rock a beret on there. Ryan wasn't even on get-up when he wore that bow tie. Well, yeah, he was on first take yeah, and then Sports Center. Like, he wore it all day. That was a lot. <laughs> That's a gutsy move right it's the there. biggest bow tie I've ever but seen. But I think, like, sometimes you're just so far ahead of your time that people aren't ready yet. So... Five years from now, everybody's going to be rocking them poofy ties. He's on the edge, fashion-wise, for sure. <laughs> Cutting edge. By the way, it pains you to say Dominique looked good in that hat. It pains you. I saw it you know, Because he, Dominique is like one of those, like he's like a weed. Like if you give him too much water, he's going to take over the garden. <laughs> I have to give him water in very limited doses. <laughs> gotcha. Who's first in the club, Mike? It's time for street talk. <laughs> <laughs> you. That is not me. Mina guys, I Mina open it in the club. By the way, a Scottish <laughs> accent yesterday. All... It's time for soil. <laughs> 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 oh, Dominique. I'm so handsome. <laughs> Who else is in the club, Mike? <laughs> Mina is dominating this club, man. Anybody else in the club, man? Welcome to the rock. <laughs> is that Sean Connery? <laughs> Welcome to the rock. I didn't even know he was on the show. Did you say you were working on these last night? Yeah, I watched a video called How to Do Scottish Accents. All right. Welcome to the rock. Clear it out. We're in the club. No, it's too late now. Who else is in the club, Mike? Uh, dog that poop fast don't poop for long, man. What's that mean? Was that you, Mina? I don't, I don't understand that. Who else, Mike? You hit that dagger, and yeah, I bet you think you're balling, uh-huh. but you're not even the best in your own backcourt. That'd be CJ McCollum. I feel like Damian Lillard, uh, in a way that I can't do it professionally and good, is sitting in some sort of studio coming up with a diss track for me. Mm. Now, he's gone silent. And CJ McCollum. Mm, he's hiding. I used to text CJ. He would text me right back. I texted him yesterday to see if Damian heard about it and if he was laughing at it, and he did not text me back. You call yourself Dame Dollar. You let me give my two cents. You're out here acting like you're Kobe, but homie, you're a ray full of friends. Yeah. Who else is in the club, Mike? Well, we can fight. We can scrap. I think I'll win that battle. <laughs> he don't want it. I promise you he don't want it. Damian Woody. Talking all that talk because I'm in Miami. He's in New York. I'll be there next week. If it's a legitimate fight, I, I hear you. Oh, that's Meanie. It is Meanie. Now, that's that's somebody I don't want to fight. You don't know. You guys know TV, Greeny. You don't know Street Greeny. Street Greeny is a problem. Who else, Mike? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, oh, this is me spilling vitamin water on my laptop. <laughs> oh, and running down the hall. It was a banner day for you. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, that wasn't yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> so the worst is you can hear a slosh in the beginning of the vitamin water hitting the laptop. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Mike, glass out. If we're going to do something here at LSU, we do it full speed, my man. Yeah. Woo. That's my man right there, Coach O, head coach of LSU, my alma mater. I am an alumnus of that school and very proud, excited about the game this weekend. Of course, also excited about the U's game against Virginia Tech tomorrow. Kickoff 3.30, pregame, postgame, whole game right here, 560 The Joe. Up next, Stephen A. Smith talking on football, 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 and maybe some Hawkman highlights and crowd or crowd pleasers. It's the best of The Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. In just a little bit, going to be doing some Hawkman highlights and crowd or crowd pleasers that I guarantee will be highlights and very pleasing. Speaking of pleasing, it's very pleasing on the ear for me 
to hear weekdays. Stephen A. Smith yelling at him right here on 560 The Joe between 1 and 3. Earlier today, he caught up with Lewis Riddick, and they talked football, 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 and a little more football. On the line, as promised, is Lewis Riddick right now. What's going on, Big Tom? How are you? Stephen A., how are you, man? I got Russell Wilson as number two in league MVP if I would had if I had to vote today, second to Patrick Mahomes. And damn it, I don't even know if that's right. Your thoughts about what you saw last night from him in Seattle's victory over the Los Angeles Rams? You're right on track with it, simply because the way I'd like to look at MVPs is this: if you took that particular player off of their football team, what kind of tangible effect would it have on their fortunes? Look, you take Patrick Mahomes off of Kansas City; they have a lot of great weapons, but I mean, they they become. I don't know, maybe an eight-win team, nine-win team. You take Russell Wilson off of Seattle's football team, I don't even know if they're 500. And the things that he's doing for them, the off-schedule stuff, the stuff that doesn't come within the normal structure of a play call, is just, it's incredible. It really is. I think sometimes the play calls in the huddle might be Russell's drop back and do something. Russell's drop back and just create something. We're going to run down here, and it's probably not going to be the way it's supposed to be, but you just got to have to make some stuff happen. And he, he's he's incredible at the way he avoids hits in the pocket. He never really takes a big shot down the field when he is running and he's scrambling beyond the line of scrimmage, and he never changes. He's always the same guy, always eternally optimistic, always has the right outlook on things, always never talks bad about his teammates, never talks bad about it. He, he embodies, I, I think, almost everything you think uh, think about when you think of MVP. So if that's the case, and look at what you said here, not only is that the case, but you talked about the likelihood of what Seattle would be without him. Mm-hmm. What does that say about the team that they have? I mean, we look at the Rams on the defensive side of the ball. There's Aaron Donald. There's Aqib Tlaib. There's Marcus Peters. There's Brockers and others. On the offensive side of the ball, you've got Gurley. You've got Golf. You've got Woods. You've got Cup, etc. Whereas with Seattle, it seems to be Russell Wilson or bust. It's, it's one of those things where you sit over the past couple of years, you start to wonder, you know, you think, man, I mean, why hasn't Seattle been able to really put together a, you know, a more formidable roster on, mm-hmm. on its surface as far as weaponry for, for Russell? Okay. And that's not to take anything away from DK Metcalf. That's not to take anything away from Tyler Lockett. It's not to take anything away from Doug Baldwin when he was there, because Doug Baldwin was one of the best slot receivers this game's ever seen. These are good football players. But they're not, you know, they're not, uh, they're not Brandon Cooks. They're not Cooper Cup. They're not Robert Woods. They're not Todd Gurley. They're just not. What Russell is doing in that context is just extraordinary, especially in an offense, in an offense that really is philosophically predicated on the run. I believe right now Seattle is sixth overall in rush percentage, meaning percentage of plays, play calls that are run plays. Okay. I think they're right around 45, 46%, which is where Pete wants it. That's where they were in their heyday when Marshawn was, you know, in true beast mode and they, and the Legion of Boom was really going on. So Russell, it's not like they're, it's not like they really emphasize the downfield complex passing attack. So what he, the numbers he puts up and the efficiency with which he plays the game outside of normal structure just makes what he's doing all the more incredible. Right now. It's them, and it's L.A., and that's the way it's been for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Now San Francisco appears on the come-up uh, with, with porn star Jimmy himself, Jimmy Caroppolo. <laughs> uh, my, 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 my thoughts from you, or rather, I'm interested in your thoughts on San Francisco and how legit of a team are they. They are one of the undefeated teams in the game right now. Sure. I mean, when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought given the price they paid to get what I was perceiving to be a pre- premium talent, albeit – someone who you could only gauge on you know based off a very limited resume. I mm-hmm. thought San Fran was getting was making one of the great trades that they ever made 
in the history of that organization. And I know that sound that sounds big, that sounds dramatic, but I really thought Jimmy would be that good based off of some of the things I had heard from the people in New England about how high of a ceiling they thought Jimmy had. So if you if you say that you think that they're that they're in good shape long term at quarterback, they have Three very good pass rushers. They need another young corner, which is why I thought Jalen Ramsey would be someone that they should target. They have a young wide receiver, a young group of wide receivers led by Devo Samuel, who I think are going to be very good. Okay, They have one of the best young defensive tackles in the league in DeForest Buckner. They have some of the best young linebackers in the NFL, inside linebackers in particular, You know, starting with Quan Alexander. So they've got guys all throughout this roster that are sneak. Not I shouldn't even say sneaky good. They just don't get a lot of pub mm-hmm. because they're not really forefront of the discussion when we're talking about teams that are that we're talking about as you know potential Super Bowl winners. But as they continue to stack wins, Stephen A., and if Jimmy can stay healthy and live up to what I thought was tremendous potential based on what I saw in New England and then in the first couple of games that he played, there in his first year there, San Francisco is going to all of a sudden announce themselves onto the scene where people are going, where the hell did they come from? But they've been kind of slowly building it. They've been slowly building it, slowly building it. And they have a big they have a big matchup this Monday night against the Browns. Although the Browns haven't really proven anything either to go right. on Monday night and with these two teams that are both on the come up, if they can go ahead and put a whooping on Cleveland, people start taking notice. And then once they get into their their divisional schedule and they go ahead and bang heads with the Rams and bang heads with Seattle and you know and stomp out Arizona, people will take them serious. And I think that's what's coming. Transition to the NFC or stay within the NFC, but go up north. Uh, the Giants have a game this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. We heard the news. We heard what Thielen said essentially about Kirk Cousins. We mm-hmm. see that Stephon Diggs wants out. What do you make about what's going on in Minnesota and how can they remedy everything? Yeah, they're, they're really stuck. They're stuck because they have tied themselves to Kirk Cousins. Obviously, the powers that be who make the decisions up there, I'm sure, thought it through thoroughly and discussed it thoroughly as to what it would mean to go ahead and give him a fully guaranteed contract, what the, what that would mean as far as not being able to get rid of him, designing an offense that would suit his needs, surrounding him, or suit his skill level, rather, surrounding him with players that would fit the kind of offense that Kirk would thrive in and that the offensive coordinator would want to run on down the line. So I would assume they thought that through it thought that out very thoroughly. This was something that's come that's coming along right now is not something that uh, they thought was ever going to happen. So they're stuck. They're just flat out stuck. So now it's going to be up to Mike Zimmer, guys like Gary Kubiak, who's up on that who's up on that coaching staff as well. Figure out what do we do as far as now being able to open up this offense more to where we are getting the return on investment that we made in Kirk Cousins, utilizing him to the fullest, to the utmost, not just relying on Dalvin Cook, not having our two our number one and number two wide receiver who we paid all this money to now be ticked off of the fact that they're not being utilized the way they were. Because eventually what that's going to do is this is going to tear at the fabric of the franchise and the next thing you know they're going to start underperforming, people are going to start losing jobs, salary cap's going to get thrown all out of all out of whack because you're going to be starting to try and move and or cut players who are going to count against the cap in terms of uh, dead money. That's how GMs get fired. That's how teams get thrown in the cap purgatory. That's how you wind up drafting at the top of the draft because you're having to start all over again. How do you fix it? You get your heads together and try to emphasize the strengths that you have on your offensive roster and minimize the weaknesses, and they better get that done in a hurry. Otherwise, all those things that I just said are going to come to fruition, and Minnesota is going to be in trouble. 
How do you feel about Daniel Jones now that you've got to watch him for two games going into his third start of his rookie campaign with the Giants? You know, it's interesting. People think because of how much I like Dwayne Haskins coming out of school that I and I said I would have taken Dwayne Haskins that I don't like Daniel Jones, and I've never said I don't like Daniel Jones. He is a tremendous athlete who was well-schooled by David Cutcliffe at Georgia. I mean, at Georgia, at Duke, who played with some weapons on the perimeter that weren't NFL-caliber weapons, and a lot of that kind of suppressed his statistics that he was able to put up. And now that he's able to really spread his wings and flourish and play with some better players and, and continue his education in football as far as being coached at the pro level, he's showing you everything that he really had in terms of upside. And it's not shocking it's shocking it's a little shocking at how quickly he's playing at such a high efficiency level look if i'm the giants right now i'm feeling good about what what our quarterback has shown us there, there's no doubt about that and i think as they build out the rest of the roster around him especially on the offensive side i mean who's to say what his what his upside could be i mean he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league based off of his limited experience already he's shown you that and you'd be you know you'd be exercising your own agenda and just trying to be you know contrary to say otherwise with the redskins let me transition to them and stay within the NFC East division with the Redskins. Adam Schefter was on NFL countdown last week reporting how it's not a matter of if, but when Jay Gruden is going to be fired as the head coach for mm-hmm. the Washington Redskins. I got a couple of calls from folks in DC saying it should be as early as this Monday. Daniel Snyder didn't want to let go of him before the Patriots game, but it's a foregone conclusion that he's done. He knows he's done. People in the Red Sox, in the Redskins organization in the building know that he's done. It's just a matter of time. What do you make about what's going on in the nation's capital and what do you think can be done other than for me, Lewis Riddick getting an executive's position uh-huh. up there and picking the next head coach, probably Tomlin from the Steelers for crying out loud if they were foolish enough to let him go. What are your thoughts about what's happening in the nation's capital? History is repeating itself in Washington as far as there being turmoil already early in the season, question marks about the head coach, question marks about the front office and the leadership and the people in leadership positions in that part of the football operation, and then they're eventually leading to an organizational reset. I mean, that, that's what's going to happen. We know that Jay's on his way out. We know that people in D.C., from a fan base perspective, and even, and even people around the league, insiders around the league, other front office people around the league, wonder just how long can Bruce Allen hang on? How much can his business influence on that football team override the fact that from a personnel standpoint, he hasn't gotten the job done at all. How much can that continue to carry as much weight with Dan as it has in the past? And and that's too bad, man, because really what's going to have to happen right now is once again, and I don't know when the light's going to necessarily come on, but at some point, Dan's going to really have to do a thorough, thorough job finding that one guy. And he's always had one guy that really advises him on everything that is the football operation. And that one guy has to be rock solid. That one guy has to be rock solid in terms of philosophically what it's going to take in order to really build a stable, solid foundation for this football team to where it's not always, there's not always cracks forming in the foundation and them resetting resetting this place every four to five years. Because really he hasn't found that one guy since he's on the team. He hasn't found that one guy that's been able to really steer them in the right direction on a consistent basis. It always gets sideways, and it usually gets sideways because somehow, some way, that guy starts to philosophically see things different than what the head coach sees it. That guy starts to philosophically see things differently in terms of how players are selected, how players are utilized. That, that guy then communicates that to Dan. Then Dan gets angry with the coach. 
Dan starts to side with certain players. Players start to go past the coach to Dan and to that guy who is advising him. And as you can see, it just becomes a convoluted mess. Mm. And what happens is the place starts to rot. The place starts to, the culture starts to, to just absolutely deteriorate. They start losing games. Players start quitting. Players start looking at the scoreboard. Fans stop showing up. Fans start bringing signs to games, you know, you know, that are disparaging and disrespectful to Dan and the Redskins and everything else. And then we have the situation that we have right now. They become the they become the lead story in the news cycle in a negative way. And in January, people get fired. They have to hire someone else. They sell the same BS hope to the fan base in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They start the whole cycle all over again. Before- so how does he stop that cycle from happening that's been happening for the past 20 years? Mm-hmm. That one guy that's sitting next to him on his plane, in his private car, on his boat, on, in, his, in his suite, in his office, wherever he keeps his offices now, he has to get that decision right even more so than he has to get right the decision as to who's going to be the next head coach because mm. that's where it goes wrong with him. Mm. I can tell you this from experience, having been there, that's where it goes wrong. Got you. Ten-second answers to each of these questions. Yeah. Carolina versus Jacksonville. I kind of like what Kyle Allen's doing right now. I'm going to go with Carolina. Cincinnati versus Arizona. Both winless. Well, man, that, that's that's a sorry game right there, man. I'm you know going what? with I'm Arizona. Gonna, I'm, going to go, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Houston. Versus Atlanta, the one and three Atlanta Falcons, which makes no sense to me. Houston versus yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta's underachieving in a big, big way. But I love the I love the Sean Watson's magic, and I'll go I'll go with Houston. New Orleans hosting Tampa Bay. Yeah, that, that's going to be a close one because I think Tampa Bay is is uh, about to su- surprise some people and slap some people upside the head, so to speak. But I'm going to go. I'm still going to go with the Saints because I, I I really do think that coaching in New Orleans, and that defense is going to make the difference. Giants hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants step up and uh, and pull the upset. I'll go Giants there. Oakland versus Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears in London. Yeah, Khalil ain't going to let them lose that game. Chicago. Jets are visiting Philadelphia in Carson Wentz. Your guy, Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson's about to have his breakout game of the year. He's going to pass for over 350, probably knocking on the door of 403 touchdowns. I think Philly wins that game big. Pittsburgh hosting Baltimore. Mason Rudolph looked nice last week. In Pittsburgh, I think the defense may have turned around. Devin Bush looked really good Monday night. Secondary looks better. I think Pittsburgh may rattle off a few wins here. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Tennessee hosting the 3-1. and one. Buffalo Bills. See, Tennessee is another one of those teams that goes up and down, up and down. Marcus is hot one week; he's not, he's not hot the next. But down in Tennessee, I'm going to go with I'll go with the Titans. Colt McCoy is starting, but the Washington Redskins have the New England Patriots coming to town. Yeah, I know it's a, a trend; r- sounds like a trick question, but I still got to ask. Yeah, that's yeah. a wrap. That'll be the Patriots. Chargers hosting the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chargers there. Denver Denver is so disappointing I, right yeah, now. I, I, I was going to say, how's your boy it. Vic Fangio 0 and 4? I know it's crazy. It it really is. It's um because they've got some good players out there, and they got some good. Not only are they good players, there's some good people out there, and that, and that's mm-hmm. too bad that they're they've hit the skids like this. And Bradley Chubb getting hurt just kills me. But I got to go with the Chargers. The three and one Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers visiting the three and one Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dallas because I think here's the thing. Dallas can run the football. Dallas can stop the run. 
Packers can't do either. And I think this is one of those games that Dak really does announce that, hey, all you people who want to see me, who really just think I'm a game manager, I'm going to show you. I'm a little bit more than that. Sunday night football. Jacoby Brissett, the Indianapolis Colts, visit the Kansas City Chiefs. There's some people who are picking the Colts in an upset right here, and I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan. But this is one of them games where Pat Mahomes comes back after being held without a touchdown last week in Detroit. They light Indianapolis up pretty good. Monday night, the Cleveland Browns, Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield. They visit the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to go San Fran out there. I think, you know, I think Richard Sherman, you know, he, he's one of those people who, who thinks that, you know, and rightfully so, that people aren't giving them enough credit. People are giving Tampa Bay a lot of credit, but no one would give San Fran credit for beating Tampa Bay. I think San Fran's going to, I think San Fran wins that game, and we have to really start talking about are the 49ers legit. Can't get enough football, can't get enough Stephen A. Smith. You can get enough of the podcast. All you have to do to get a podcast for this show or any of the shows you hear on 560 The Joe, go to our website, wqam.com. You can download the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get them for absolutely free. Download those podcasts. It's always good. Speaking of good, Hawkman and Crowder, you can hear them afternoons from 3 to 6 right here. And on Fridays, it's a tradition to kind of do a weekly wrap with some Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers. What did I miss? So tonight you gotta wax that crescent. I'll wax the crescent. I know you will. Yeah. Ooh, highlights. Get in the crap. What, what does that mean? I don't know what I mean, but he needs to get in the crap. What a Crowder crowd pleaser. Look, here comes Len. He's walking down the hallway right now. Look. He's got his, his tough guy arms on. Yeah. Look at him. He's Look, I'm giving him the finger. Look at that. You see that? I give him the finger. You wait till he turns. I did. I wait till he turns. Mmm, delicioso. Was it Somo Latado? Now that's a crowd pleaser. South Florida beat writer most likely to be able to save a life on a moment's notice. Joe Shad. Hoffman Highlight. We have 17 ascots for the price of one half ascot. I'm telling you, I'm the biggest Jimmy Butler fan in the world, man. Anytime he wants to have a sleepover. What All right, Moeller, good luck on the season. We're going to talk to you plenty. We love you. All right. Oye, ¿qué es eso? All right, Omar. We love you. All right, guys. Love you, too. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm pleased. That right there is a banger. You can download that by going to our website once again, wqam.com, podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course the radio.com app. One of the guys that really helps me out with that is the executive producer of the Hawkman and Crowder show, Alejandro Solana. Luckily enough, he has hung around to come join us here on the Best of the Joe show. How's it going, Solana? Always excited to join Dan Day on the Best of the Joe show, my favorite hour of every day. Wrapping it up. Well, Wrapping it up. Let's just leave it at that. Of course, those were the Hawkman highlights. Crowder crowd pleasers. The highlight of my week, and I'm pretty sure yours, last night's viewing party at Funky Buddha. Whoo! 
Man, those Yucatots, Hawk was not lying about those Yucatots, man. I'm telling you, what about that grilled cheese with the cranberry in there? It is insane how awesome that place is. I think they're going to do a bunch of uh, Florida Panther watch parties there, so we're going to have to go back there at some point. First things first, it's insane that we mentioned Funky Buddha and all we've talked about is food. The beer. Top notch. What'd you go with last night? Break it down for us. I went with the Gloves Off IPA number two. So they did a partnership with the Florida Panthers, Gloves Off, and uh, they brought it back this year, Funky Buddha and the Florida Panthers for a second edition of the Gloves Off. I'm surprised you're not still there drinking beer because I left like at like close to midnight and uh, I heard you stuck around for quite some time. No joke. They had to ask Crowder and myself to leave. Like people were clocking out, going home. The tables were already turned up and chairs up, and they were Crowder and I are sitting there singing, dancing, doing whatever, just being happy, man. That place, it's true. It's a happy place. It really is. And I heard that Gloves Off IPA, I did not taste it. I heard it's kind of like a Sessions IPA, so it's not too, too strong, but it's got a good kick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a beer connoisseur such as yourself, but I enjoy beer, all types of beer, whether it's an IPA, whether it's a stout, whatever. And uh, it was perfect, man. I, I've I've had the uh, maple bacon oh. coffee porter before because I I've loved Funky Buddha before even before I started working with uh, Hawk and Crowder. So like ev- all their beers are are incredible. Everyone raved about that maple bacon coffee porter, and I finally had it the second it hit my lips. It's just so sweet. It's so good, and I love dark beers. One of the best I've ever had. And then I had the French toast, unbelievable, although pretty strong. And then I also had no crust, which is kind of like a PB and J dark beer great i had the forget about it right i can't believe i'm remembering all the beers that i had but i I can't either i gotta be honest and we had a good time and a lot of people surprisingly didn't show as much love to crowder didn't show as much love to hawk definitely didn't show enough love to me mike doesn't even work you you had fans out there making it happen i was like yes apparently the weather reports that i thought everybody hated uh we we had some fans out there who enjoyed the weather reports or whatever you would call them so drop some knowledge on us what is the weather supposed to be like tonight i can confirm there will be no snow tonight in south florida i can confirm that that's a hundred percent chance of no snow a hundred percent chance that there will be no snow tonight in south florida no wiggle room not 99.9 you're saying it a hundred percent chance also that there will be a percentage of humidity tonight in south florida there you go that's the weather reports that are making alejandro solana absolutely famous if they want to get some of those famous weather reports your twitter handle real quick at alex m solana and of course uh, anything that has to do with the hawkman and crowder show WQAM.com. Our podcast is up there. You're really going to love it. Go live it up tonight. It is a wrap for everything that's on here. WQAM. I am Dan Day for Alejandro Solana. I'll see you at the next viewing party and at work, too. Thanks, Funky Buddha. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.